You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Well, thanks everyone for joining us this week on Marketing News Canada. I'm thrilled to introduce you to Ken Fitzpatrick. Uh, Ken has held several senior digital leadership positions for over 20 years and has been CEO of Digital Marketing Institute since 2013 and oversaw the 2017 transaction, which sees the business now majority owned by growth equity firm Spectrum Equity. He joined the Digital Marketing Institute from his position as CEO of Simply Zesty, a social media marketing agency, which was acquired. And prior to that, he was the group CEO at SoneGroup.com, a global online recruitment business. Ken, thank you for being here. Delighted to be here, Darren. Thank you for having me. So it's so exciting to talk about education and, and your role in it at the Digital Marketing Institute. Tell me about what gets you excited? What gets you revved about about doing DMI day in and day out? So what gets me excited is the fact that digital marketers, there isn't a professional standard as such before DMI came along um, for which people could aspire to. Uh, lots of professions have certification standards and not just licensed practice. I mean, obviously you have to have a certification if you want to be a doctor, one would hope that somebody who's performing surgery here and he has a certification. But in non-sort of licensed to practice areas, IT, for example, has been brilliant at developing certifications. And, and if you go into an IT interview and somebody sees a certification on your CV or in your resume, they know, actually, this guy can do the job. So we thought, why does, doesn't this exist for digital marketing? And that's what we set about doing. And now we're the largest training and certification provider in digital marketing in the world. And we certify coming up close on 35,000 people in about 100 countries. So that's what that's what we get up for. And that helps close the big digital skills gap that exists in digital marketing. And we're doing our bit to do that. That's incredible. That's incredible. Tell me about uh, the courses that you offer and maybe what are the most popular at the moment? So the single most popular program that we offer is called DMI Pro. And what that is, is a 30-hour program that gives you essentially the basics of digital marketing across social media, SEO, uh, strategy, etc. So it's a sort of playbook for any sort of general digital marketer that they must have. And um, we, we call it foundation level, but it's actually often studied by people who have 10 years marketing experience. And um, so it's kind of the ubiquitous uh, offering that, that we have. It's our big Mac, as it, as it were, in our product portfolio that most people turn to. Um, takes you about four months to do it from start to finish. Some people do it quicker. Some people take a bit longer. But once you get it, you're certified and then you can have the stamp of being a certified digital marketing professional. Why do you think of, of all the industries? digital marketing has taken maybe longer or more time to, to develop that maturity and to develop those certificates? Uh, that is a really good question that I don't genuinely know the answer to. I think it's because it's a relatively new profession. What's interesting is that something like sales doesn't have that certification either, and it's been around forever. So I just think certain industries turned on to the idea quicker and perhaps an organization such as ours, the equivalent in that industry, got going and decided this was this was a way to move forward. I do think it's it's just so genuinely important that I'm, I'm look, I'm glad nobody did it before us because we're getting on and doing it. Um, but it, I don't have a specific reason uh, for it, Darian, but it's just really needed. And, and I think it actually values 
people in that profession to a greater extent. So, you know, everybody in the world is looking for digital marketers. So why not set the standards high so those people feel themselves that they're actually contributing at a significant level to the company? And so it, it's all intertwined. That's incredible. Uh, and the type of students, who, what's typically the, the kind of the DNA of a person that signs up for, uh, for DMI? For a, so uh, it's pretty much all people working in marketing. That's that's the core group. You do get some small business owners and we do get some people from the sales end of things, but the vast majority work in marketing. An awful lot of them are people who probably worked initially in traditional marketing roles and now digital is a pretty big part or some part or sometimes is, is all of what they do now. And so they need to make that that transition. There's there's a phrase which we saw come up again and again when we completed research with our with our students, and it was the fear of becoming irrelevant. That's the the, the most important fear that marketers have at the moment. So they really have a fear that they're going to be left behind and they're going to be in a meeting and not know what people are actually talking about. So most people in marketing, as I said earlier, most common group for us is actually probably we have all age groups and, and all levels of experience, but there's a slight bias towards people who are kind of five years plus in marketing and a slight bias towards people who are probably 30 plus. Yeah, we find, uh, you know, with our Jelly Academy, a lot of our students actually were um, moms that became, um, you know, were in marketing communications, uh, had children, yeah. you know, was out of the scene and yeah. they wanted to get back. And so they've got like 10, 15 years of marketing communication experience but then yeah. they were out of it for about 10 years, you know, five, 10 years. And they come back and they said, man, I want to yeah. get these certificates, A, to prove that I know what I know, and B, get refreshed. Yeah. And, and re-enter the workforce with something to, to show that you've done um, and, and gives you an edge on the way back into the workforce. So, yeah, we, we get a lot of sort of... I'd probably put them in the loose category of career change, yeah. you know, because raising kids is definitely a career. It's it's, yes. it's a full-time job. So we get a lot of people who are in that career change sort of world who are looking to have something on their resume that makes them slightly different because they don't have, you know, very recent experience in the exact role that they might be applying for. The other thing, we have a, a show that was uh, filmed here in Canada, in Toronto, specifically called Suits. And uh, it's oh, actually, I know it you, well. Okay. Um, one of the stars, uh, <laughs> I think, is in, uh, I don't even know where she lives now, maybe Great Britain, but she, uh, Meghan Markle, went on to marry part yeah. of the, the great royal family. Um, but the, the character, Michael Ross, is a practicing lawyer. Uh, in a law firm, but he's yes. yet, he never passed the bar. And so I also just using the analogy of like, we also get a lot of students who are in marketing, are running digital campaigns, and they learned on the fly. And I think that was, they, they, they yeah. learned as they went, they learned this craft from maybe like a senior craftsman, or they just learned by being a hobbyist. And then they want to finally say, you know what, this is a profession, I need professional standard, I need to go past the bar. So when I go back to my law yeah. firm, I, you know, I don't become the Michael Ross to my law firm. Yeah. yeah. Although Michael Ross did quite well, actually, yes. in that career, despite the fact that he never went to Harvard or passed the bar exam. But you're dead right, actually. Nothing beats learning by doing, particularly when you're getting your hands dirty with a digital campaign. It all looks great when you're learning about Google AdWords. But when you're in there actually managing a campaign, you can lose money very quickly um, and make some serious mistakes. So that validation piece that certification that gives you the rubber stamp of what you've learned and that that validates what you've learned and doesn't make you feel like you've learned it the wrong way. 
that's actually really important. And also what you might do is is you might learn elements around that or concepts around that that just put it all in context for you that maybe you weren't aware of when you studied it on your own or just learned it on your own. So it sort of brings that that fully closed in that regard. And I, I know, I think we've all met those clients who have come to our agency and said, man, I, I've tried running an ad campaign or I tried something and it didn't work and, and I lost all my money and it was a bad experience. And it fi- I find out usually it was like, it was their friend's nephew they hired or they, this guy in a basement, you know, somewhere way off. And, and so in the yeah. same way, if you have an investment fund, like you want to hire a certified financial planner or you want to hire a certified professional accountant, you know, and if you have a, a you know, an, an ad spend of five to 500,000 a month, like you need a professional to manage that spend and investment. Yeah. Yeah. And and actually, too often in the recent past, the question was about digital. Well, we need someone who understands, uh, you know, in the very early days, someone who understands tech, someone who understands IT. No, you actually need someone who understands marketing, who understands consumers, who understands what consumers do. And very often they turn to the newest person in and say, you go off and learn how to do that. Now, look, that's some time ago. And that obviously has changed quite a bit. But but it still exists to some extent. And and this is actually, as you say, you sit down with a um, with your finances, you want someone who's qualified to do that. Uh, you wouldn't hand a PR budget to somebody who you felt wasn't an expert in PR. You wouldn't hand a TV advertising budget to somebody who wasn't an expert in TV advertising. So why should you do the same with your digital marketing? Oh, it makes so much sense. So for you, kind of like trends wise, like is there any new courses coming down the pipe or anything that you're kind of following or watching as things in the future? Yeah. So look, I think um, probably the area of AI is the thing that's 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 really interesting at the moment. We're looking at a couple of courses in that area um, and the area of data, data analytics and um, and so on and, and, and marketing automation tied in with data analytics. I think those are two kind of trends areas. The biggest single trend, though, that we're seeing is the acceleration in digital transformation and the impact of COVID has done nothing but to accelerate that even further. So now you've got a situation where consumers are just hugely comfortable dealing in a digital way with companies. And that's uh, become more prevalent rather than less prevalent over the last 18 months. So now uh, companies that people only ever dealt with in an offline world are now very comfortable dealing with them in in an online world. And actually knowing the journey that that customer goes on from before they become your customer right through to post-sale in a digital environment is actually the single biggest trend we're seeing. And that's why you need to know the basics of digital. So shameless plug for knowing uh, the basics through, through education. But actually, you also need to think about how your customer is operating in that, that, that digital world. And I think a lot of traditional brands are still probably getting that wrong. And they spent many, many years getting their offline customer service and CX experience right. And now they're kind of struggling to replicate that in, in a digital environment. Um, and if they don't, they're going to lose out and their competitors are going to beat them. Well, it makes sense. Uh, so can we uh, share uh, a common bond uh, being Commonwealth? You know, we we both have, a, you know, the queen on our money here. Although we, we are getting other people on our money here in Canada more often. So our, our bias, of course, is Canada. Um, but around the world, where are you seeing kind of the biggest growth as far as people getting certified and people getting on to this yeah. and, and getting the idea of getting professionally certified? Okay, so we have five markets that we mainly concentrate on around the world. Yeah. 
Um, So the US is our biggest market. Um, The UK is our second biggest market. And then the next three are Canada, Australia and Ireland. Um, so Canada is right in there amongst the markets that that we spend a lot of time and effort and uh, and focus on. So that's where we're seeing a lot of the growth. We have about 150,000 members across the world, and they come from lots and lots of different countries. But if we were to distill it down, those are the big sort of five. That's cool. So if we look at um, all these other certificates that people have been trying, like the, the kind of, they call it the big three have been trying, or the big four, I should say. So you've got Google doing yeah. their certificates. Facebook doing theirs, uh, Hootsuite created one for social media. What do you think about these kind of, uh, you know, software service or, you know, ad groups creating their own certificates and, and your take on that? Look, I'm, uh, as a fan of certification, I'm, I'm, uh, I welcome it. So, but they're very often, they're specific platform based um, and they're specifically designed to get you to use that platform, which by the way is fine. I have no issue with that. We, <laughs> We clearly, obviously, in our social media piece, uh, teach uh, people how to use Facebook, for example, because it's so ubiquitous. But also, I think it's important that it's a high stakes exam at the end. And that's really important to sort of keep the, it should be hard. It should be Mm -hmm. difficult to do and get the exam. It should feel like something that you've achieved. And that's something we put a lot of, of effort into. And I'm not saying that the others aren't like that, but very often, it doesn't feel like a a full exam to go and sit and do and do those programs. So they are useful. They are good. I would recommend people do them. But what we're after is sort of career defining certifications that that you can keep up to date and, and bring with you and have on your resume and do your continuous professional development and, and have it there forever. And that requires a high stakes approach. And that's the way we approach it. So again, I want you to talk about the master's program that you offer in, in partnership yeah. with uh, the university. Because I think there's a lot of listeners in here who are CMOs, you know, you know, 20-year veterans yeah. in marketing, and this might be something they might be interested in getting. Sure. Um, so I talked about the most popular program. There's two more senior programs. So one is the master's, as you as you talk about. We do it in partnership with Salford University in the in, in the UK. And that's that's a longer program. It probably takes about two years to do all in and includes a thesis that people have to write, which is anybody who's been through an undergrad program that uh, very often knows about the the uh, a thesis and having to get that written. Um, but it gives you the opportunity to get your teeth into something pretty significant in terms of a project. The other program, which is slightly smaller, which probably takes people up to a year to do, between six months and a year, is we call DMI Expert. And that's sort of a a more strategic and senior look at digital marketing. So if you don't fancy kind of going all the way to doing a full master's program, this is one that a lot of the senior people look at because it, it teaches you if you're managing a marketing department or managing a digital marketing program, it gets into much more detail in terms of the knowledge that you uh, that you need for that. So those are the two sort of higher level, as we uh, we might call them, programs that we have. That's awesome. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. So one thing I need to know, and and I'm sure other listeners are, are thinking this as well, how do you keep up to make sure the yeah. curriculum, the content is current and fresh with, you know, Google Analytics yeah. 4 and Facebook changing their business yeah. manager every week? Yeah, look, we we have a team of product people that just work on that day in, day out. So we invest a huge amount of money, time and effort in staying up to date. What we do is we have two levels of content, Darian. We have content that goes into our membership library, which we add to literally every day. And that might be something like Google did this last week. Google made a change. Facebook changed its name to Meta, you know, something that's kind of news based. Stuff that goes into a course tends to be syllabus based. So it tends to be just that little bit behind the very latest trend or the very latest thing that exists. And the reason for that is it's because it's got to get adopted a little bit before you start asking people questions and testing them about it. So, so if you've got a social media platform that's launched today and it's got 50 users, is that going to be around in three months' time or six <laughs> months' time? So what we do is that that won't become an immediate part of the syllabus. But if all of a sudden it takes off and it becomes pretty important, then we'll we'll roll it into a future development of that syllabus. So it's a challenge to stay on top of it, but we kind of do it all the time. And then we have a council uh, of pretty senior international marketing leaders who meet on a regular basis and they advise us on the trends that are coming down the road. And that also allows us to kind of plan forward for stuff that, again, might be new for people now, but is going to be used by pretty much every digital marketer in a year's time. Uh, Tell me about the council. You mentioned them. uh, Tell me about maybe a, a few of the members that you're excited about. Yeah, so we've got a mixture of people who work in agencies, people who work in uh, corporates, in uh, typically CMOs, um, and also people who work in the tech platforms, the social media platforms, Facebook, Google, LinkedIn. 
we have the CMO from a guy called Keith Moore, who has just been awarded UK Marketer of the Year. He works for the National Lottery in the UK. We also have a guy who works for a financial services firm called Direct Line Insurance in the UK. He's a former UK Marketer of the Year. We have people like Neil Patel. We have people like Lee Auden, who's an expert on, on uh, B2B marketing. We've Neil Schaefer, who has a very popular podcast who's an expert in influencer marketing. So it really is a kind of a who's who. We've got a representative from the American Marketing Association. So it's a good melting pot for ideas. We haven't been able to have a face-to-face meeting for a couple of years, but we've done them virtually. Uh, But we're planning our next face-to-face meeting next year. So we look at things like trends, standards in education, uh, careers, what's happening for uh, people. And it's a great group of people. And when we when we meet, it's kind of like old friends meeting, but they keep us on our toes and they make sure that we never sort of get out of date. So when you meet, will the in-person be in Ireland? No, it'll be probably in the US. We've done it in yeah. the US uh, the last couple of times. Yeah. A lot of the members are based in the US, uh, but we actually have someone who's based in China. We have an Australian member. Nobody in the UK and Ireland actually minds going to the US for a trip. So that's actually uh, part of it as well. But I think at some stage, we'll have to get everybody over to Ireland to actually have the yes. meeting here. No, that'd be Because sure I hear, and, and tell me if this is true, Guinness, the the, the beer, yeah. if you go to the actual yeah. source, like the 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 factory or wherever, whatever you call the distillery, and it tastes different because it's actual water from a special waterfall. Is this true? That is that is actually true. Now, whether or not you, uh, yeah, and I have tasted it from that very source. I applied for a job with that company just, I think, to get to the point where they give you free Guinness as part of the tour for potential grants. Um, but no, that is actually true. Um, but now, how how far that permeates into a pub that's three hundred miles from 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 uh, from that source, I don't know. Um, but there is. There is a difference in the taste of Guinness as you go from pub to pub, and that does actually genuinely make a difference. And you do get to know the pubs that have a good pint of Guinness as opposed to a bad pint of Guinness. I think there's a Twitter account, actually, that puts pictures up of bad uh, pints of Guinness, which I do follow, actually. That's great. So question, is there a Canadian on the council yet? And then I really think you should come up to Banff and or Whistler, especially with the American yeah. dollar is very powerful right now. And you, we, we yeah. love to host you here in Canada. Yeah, no, we, my understanding is we do not have a Canadian and we do want one. So we will add a Canadian to the council in the next few months. And Banff looks awesome. So I, I got to go to Banff. I, I was on my holidays and my vacation a couple of years back uh, in Seattle and we went up into Alaska um, and I, I I literally just went into Canada for a couple of days. Um, but I, I wanted to make it to Banff, but I never made it across. It's amazing. It, I, that is a very famous, yeah, yeah, the cruise ships coming into Vancouver. And then you you probably went yeah. into like Gastown and, and saw kind of our downtown yeah. core there. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, so the big question is, Ken, are you ready for the rapid fire round? Go. I may fail it, but go for it. That's great. Uh, what was your first ever job? So my first ever job was a sales assistant in a tobacco shop. You might, you probably call it a cigar shop, yeah. uh, which sells cigars, tobacco, pipes. A very famous one at the bottom of uh, the most famous shopping street in Dublin called Grafton Street. So we used to get a lot of uh, 
famous Very celebrities cool. actually coming in and buying stuff. So that was that was my first job. That is awesome. Night owl or early bird? I'm an early bird, I think. Yeah. An early bird for work and a night owl for uh for going out. <laughs> nice. Perfect. That's a great balance. Um are you a cat or a dog person? Dog, all the way. What was the first thing you ever marketed? Perfume. When I sold perfume when I was in college, and I think it was it was definitely a Ponzi scheme of some description, but that's the first thing I marketed. <laughs> that's great. Um, dark for milk chocolate? Dark chocolate. Nice. Uh, what is your favorite word right now? My favorite word... Anytime is gnome, as in garden gnome. I don't know why, but I love the word gnome. That's great. That's great. Uh, what is the last charity you supported, uh, either financially or with your time, and why? So I contributed to a charity this week. Um, not a huge amount, but it's a charity called Movember, which is for people grow facial hair for prostate cancer and mental health. And unfortunately, the reason was a friend of a friend had taken his own life due to mental health issues. So that's why I felt it was really important to support that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that too. Appreciate it. Um, What is a movie that you love and you could just watch over and over and over again? This might be a weird one, but I love City Slickers with Billy Crystal. For some reason, it just gets me every time. That is awesome. Uh, what is your current favorite song or album on repeat right now? So I'm gone past listening to albums. I just listen to playlists on Spotify now. So anything blues and anything 80s, that, those are my two choices. That's great. Um, if you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing with your life? So in an unrealistic world, I would be playing football for Liverpool FC, but I suspect given my age and footballing ability, that that may never happen. Um, in a realistic one, I think actually working in something to do in sport would be my, my dream job. That's great. That's great. You could be, you could be the next uh, Coach Lasso. Yeah, I love that program. It's really good. That's great. Um, what is an app on your phone you can't live without? Anything to do with... Uh, news and sport. So New York Times app couldn't live without it. Yeah, that's awesome. What is your favorite children's book? So I don't have a favorite from me being a child. I have a favorite one that I used to read to the kids. Um, that's great. So that so the, probably the two are the the hungry caterpillar and anything to do with Winnie the Pooh. Those were the my two favorites. <laughs> Those are great. Love it. The uh, the Winnie the Pooh movie. Uh, with Ewan McGregor. It was quite yeah. good. I, I quite liked it. It was actually. I really enjoyed it, yeah. Best thing you ever bought for under $10? Yeah, sweets, candy. Every time. My entire reason for living when I was a kid was to have enough money to buy more sweets. That's great. Uh, what's the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? Not buying a new house, which I just... Uh, myself and my wife just did, sorry, I say just did, probably two years ago now, but we're now in the middle of doing up that house. Um, and I promised I never would buy another house. And sorry, not as if I bought loads. This is the third one that I've bought in my life. But uh, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm actually delighted now. Well, I will be when it's finished. Put it down. Yes. It's great. Um, 
And we'll come by for a housewarming party when 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 that is a thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. No problem. What is a business or marketing book that you'd recommend for listeners? Okay, so this is going to go back. The best mar- best business book I ever read was a book called Maverick by a guy called Ricardo Semler. It was written in the nineties, and it's about a, a company in Brazil and how he changed the world of working, turned it upside down. So people set their own hours, set their own pay. And it just kind of always struck with me. And I'd say it's probably just as relevant now. So that's, that's one that I would recommend. That's great. That's a new one. It's the first time I've heard. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, it's quite old. So it's <laughs> great. Uh, what is a podcast that you'd recommend for listeners? So I like um, this podcast in the UK by uh, called High Performance Podcast. And it's by a guy called Jake Humphrey, who's actually a sports presenter in the UK. And they talk to sports people and also business people about what is behind high performance and what motivates them, which, and it's really good. And then again, in another attempt at a shameless plug, the DMI Ahead of the Game podcast is also one that I listen to, obviously, on a regular basis. And and I actually get the DMI newsletter. So again, this next one, I, I'm already, ah. I'll plug it. I love it. I love the the fresh uh, ideas, resources, content stuff. So um, cool. outside of DMI, what is a newsletter or website you recommend for resources and inspiration? Yeah. So again, uh, I like news-based websites. I love the Guardian website. I think what they do digitally, not just in terms of the content, but how they present the information, how how uh, they go about updating it. It's just awesome. It's awesome. Um, what's a life hack you'd be willing to share? So I think in, in business, there's probably two that I would share. Um, uh, one is the best expression I've ever heard in business is sales solve everything because no matter how well a business is doing or what you're doing, if you've, if you've enough revenue, everything else takes care of itself. And the second one is to, is to plan, and I know this sounds boring, but plan out your day and plan out your, your week and your month in front of you. If you don't do that, you get into a lot of trouble. On a non-business related one, the, um, my, one of my pet hates is when people start putting uh, stuff that they've put through the security uh, as they're going to an airport at the end of the security line and create this big backup. So take your stuff and move over to an area to pack it away. It's not quite a life hack, but uh, <laughs> although I haven't got annoyed about that in a long time. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Ken, for passing on words of wisdom from Ken. Travel words of wisdom. That's great. (laughs) Um, Last question, which is uh, we ask all of our guests, and this is perfect for you. um, What are the skills required for this new economy? Some people call it, you know, there's blue collar, white collar workers. We have new collar workers, you know, jobs that never existed 10 years ago. Um, What do they need? Okay, so... I'm going to stick to digital marketing because that's the area I know best. So um, uh, for me, as well as the basic digital skills, which kind of are taken as a given, I think that the combination of the ability to understand data along with creativity is the secret sauce for being a brilliant digital marketer. So traditionally, marketing people were seen as the creative people, you know, the the ones who come up with an ad, you know, which which obviously is 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 huge in the creative industry, but for many marketers wasn't their core ability. But the ability to find problems 
and find solutions to what consumers want is 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 really where creativity comes in uh, for most marketing people. But increasingly, data is becoming an area that people need to know about. If you can marry those two together, you're on a winner. Those are the two skills I would try and uh, grow. And that's great. Where can people find you and more information about DMI? So it's on digitalmarketinginstitute.com, one of the longest URLs in the world, but you'll find everything that you need to know there. And you'll find a picture of me taken many years ago. And now I look far more haggard and wearisome, but uh, that's where all the information is there. Well, um, if you still haven't found what you're looking for, for digital marketing training. Uh, I like it. <laughs> Digital Marketing Institute is there for you, and 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 why don't we close with the uh, you know that song today? I think it'd be very fitting. I, I don't know if we will get in trouble or hand slapped by the uh, podcast uh, gods that be, but we will uh, leave podcast you <laughs> with the musical musings of uh, Irish-born Bono and his uh, musical group U2. With I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Thank you for being here, Ken. Excellent. Great. Great to be here, Darren. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.